0: Appreciate the fact that all of you just ended up sharing all of this information about what you think uh, core is because one of the first questions to you on the first page of your sheet are one of the some of the words that make you think of core. And what I find interesting about core strength like the title of this uh, tech is is that a strong core makes us more resilient, right? And that's pretty much what we're trying to do when we practice yoga and any moving meditation in and of itself is that we're doing pragmatic resiliency training. So today, as we work together on this tech and kind of go through some of those words and experience some of those words that um, you all describe as what you think core is, we're gonna literally create space And let grow of the fruits of the action, where you think like core is like I have to actually do something. To really feel that again and again, the breath and everything that we're doing, actually core and stability and foundation and all of that good stuff comes when we really find ourselves grounded in our truth and in our space. So we're going to play a lot of fun games, and you're not going to like me by the end of this, so how many of you have eaten, like, a half hour ago? Okay, everybody's good? Okay, so just be really nice to yourself, it was something poquito, okay. So just be really nice to yourself, because as most of you, and if you didn't get one, we'll share, we're going to use a prop and a strap and a blanket all to help us to really find our center and our stability. Um, What I find interesting about our amazing human machines or our bodies, and this is in your notes, is that we're powered by the breath and we have so much power in and of ourselves. But some teachers talk a lot about the core as the abdominal region of the body, like literally the center of our balance and strength. But I want you to really think about today and experience, and that's why I'm not handing out the last two sheets, is that we're going beyond the physical. That we're really going to look at the ways in which our physical center is linked to emotional and spiritual elements of our life. Okay? So just look at how everybody's kind of sitting. Without moving. Right? A lot of us are propped. A lot of us are kind of slumping, a lot of us are askew. We're not maybe like aligned, right? And um, when people aren't aligned, um, because core abdominal strength, or we're going to call it core for a while today, I don't like using the word core, Um, but it improves everything in our life. And if we have a weak core, we get a digestive fire that's weak, our lower lumbar gets messed up, we get injury, but we also get what yogis like to do is called muddy in the mind. So when we're not coming from a stable base, we get really muddy. And what we want to do and really think about today is that core is a physical and energetic space, where a place where you can work on asana and attention, that pragmatic resiliency training. So now that we've kind of observed how we sit, we just want to lengthen and straighten and open up. As you inhale and as you exhale and kind of breathe right here, the core of our body is our spine and our deep intrinsic muscles that surround it. It's our center of gravity, and some people call this the trunk. Right, which is a really cool thing of thinking about it. Your ribs, your pelvic bowl, your spine, even part of your 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 you know, your skull is like part of your trunk. But other people call it an astral spiral, which goes to the energetic stuff of kundalini and tantric yoga. And so what I really want you to think about is today, personally, I think that the less we use core, the better. The less we as yoga teachers say abs, the better. So I really want to work on today having you all feel and experience things that aren't gonna have you want to say core anymore. And, and I'm not saying that that's a bad word. I want you to think about that word as being something secondary to what you as yoga teachers start using as you educate others on the path of enlightenment, on the path of awareness, on the path of dropping in, right? When we work with the central core of our body, it gives us um, strength and it's the vital force that holds you steady in your asana and keeps you upright in your standing poses. So it lends vitality to you and enables you to maintain balance. With a strong physical center, every pose you do uh, without a strong physical center, every pose you do is in danger of falling apart from the inside out. So core is the thing that keeps our human machine so powered because it's really helping us to maintain that inner guide, that energetic thing that uplifts us and keeps us with a strong foundation. When we talk about um, core strength, and what I want to keep coming to it off the mat is the idea of that core strength isn't the superficial stuff, and I'm gonna we have pictures here, we'll go over for anatomy, but that it's the spiritual, ethical, and emotional essence of who you truly are. And in the same way that your physical muscles hold you upright during practice, so too is this muscle, a subtle essence, supports you in your life. So that astral spiral, the trunk of who you are, your foundation of breathing actually keeps you stable off the mat and in your life. Cool? Your asana practice, as we're going to learn today, all of the postures that we do that sit on the platform of the breath, help us create alignment and intention so we can drop into awareness and cultivate balance, intelligence, and mindful strength in our daily actions in our life. So hopefully already I'm starting to flip the switch that it's not about like the muscles. But it's that mindful strength and resiliency training that we get off the map. Want to find out how? By doing all these fun things. Right? So we're going to do all these fun poses that use the core. So I left your chart on page one with a blank slate. Because basically everything that we do affects our core. Just like every pose is Tadasana, Everything that we do really affects the pose. Uh, uh, the, our, um, our, our every asana that we do affects the quote-unquote core. So today what we're going to do is we're going to go through all of these different ways, um, whether they're energetic principles of the bandhas, um, naoli kriya practices or breathwork things to help us to find strength with the inner core. So before we start going through our list of postures and things that we're gonna play around with, cause we're gonna do a lot of like physical stuff today. That's why I asked you if you ate. Let's go to our anatomy sheet. There's like two pages of pictures for you to kind of look at for page two and page three. Let's kind of go through the anatomy and look at the, have the pictures kind of by your side. Yep, but there's two pages that discuss anatomy, page two and page three. Yep, awesome. So we have four pictures and page two. Cool? Oh, All right. Okay. So when we're talking about our trunk or our astral spiral, we're really working our intrinsic muscles. How many of you have done a, um, anatomy class in which you've went to a cadaver? and went to see a cadaver lab okay so I highly recommend you go look at dead bodies <laughs> that means a dead body yeah. so a cadaver experience is really really huge so don't get grossed out but what happened if we peel away the um, epidermis what's underneath that Fascia, huge, right? What's underneath fascia? Riga. Muscles. Muscles, sorry. I have big ears, but I can't hear very well. Um, muscles, right? But above the muscles, like fatty tissue and um, life experiences, right? And so that fascia and that kind of layer, underneath there is muscles, bones, tendons, ligaments, right? What happens if we pulled up the muscles that are in front of our tummy? right? We have our quote-unquote core muscles. So what we're going to see through these pictures and really see through all of these things is we have the fascia, which is first on your list of page two, that helps us to keep us whole and strong. And breathwork practices can actually change your fascia. We are a bunch of tubes and water. So if you start these incredible breathing practices, you can change the molecular structure of your body because you are a physicist as a yogi. It's pretty freaking amazing. And if you, um, I don't have the link right now um, on here, but if you want to, I can send you an email of a link of this gentleman who teaches about fascia and breathing practices. And he starts sweating in like two seconds just by breathing. And it's really amazing. The study of fascia is incredible. Um, Those of you who are in the tech about um, mindful meditation and meditation practices this past week, we talked about how when you practice breathing and mindfulness, whether it's a seated meditation or a moving meditation practice, you actually produce DHEA which is something that's really good for your skin and makes you, like, look younger and people pay a crap ton of money for it, right? It's because you're actually recreating the structure of your systems, right? And then I said something dirty, too, but we won't talk about that. Okay. After that, we pull up our um, skin and we see these really cool things called rectus abdominals, or RA. And they run vertically from the middle of the rib cage in the front of the body to the pubic bone. What's actually interesting is that if I pulled up my skin or if I was at a cadaver lab and studying, we always say we have six-pack abs. We don't. We have eight. How many of you have had kids? So when you have kids, some people can stick their hands in between those muscles, which means that as a teacher, you then have to help Someone with a C-section and scar tissue. Someone who's had a natural birth and had their muscles are so um, undisconnected that you have to figure out like how to help them to create more awareness, which means that we have to get deeper within to more of the energetic systems instead of saying, go to the sex store and get Benoit balls and practice squeezing. We'll have to tell her what those are, too. Right? So there's, I mean, there's ways through yoga and the practice of um, what we're we're, going to learn today to really engage energetically versus seeing it just as your six-packs, which now you all know are eight-packs. Then you have from there, oh, and I gave you a pose that uses that, okay? A boat pose. Then you have internal and external oblique abdominus muscles. They run at a diagonal along the flank of the body, attaching to the midline between the um, rectus abdominals. So like half moon, triangle, side angle. Um, And if anybody has any, like you can look at the pictures as I'm talking on page 3. So a lot of times teachers, and we're not going to do this today, that's why I'm standing up and showing you, in a power vinyasa class they'll have you go like this that's why they're having you do take the hand away and lift up so for staunch yogis you'll be like oh my god the teacher's like totally effing up the pose and they're like making us do something that's unyogic but actually that's why in Uttita Trikonasana in your triangle pose the teacher's having you take an arm away or reach the palms together or hold a block it's the same reason we do Um, In hot yoga practices, Ardha Chandrasana, where you stand and you reach to a side. is because you're trying to wake up those muscles. Because when people breathe, they usually only start to engage the muscles that support the ribs, which are called the what? Intercostal
1: muscles.
0: Good. Intercostal muscles. So that the... um, internal and external oblique abdominal muscles then lead into your transverse abdominal walls, which is the TA. They're engaged in any pose that requires balance. It's a horizontal band of muscles that runs from side to side, from rib cage to the pelvis, and basically holds the contents of the abdomen in place. Its action is subtler than the um, rectus abdominals, and it draws in towards the midline a pine compression to the abdominal organs. Kind of cool, right? And then you can see, like, in the picture where that is. I think the one, so there's two on top and two on bottom, so say it's uh, four squares. The square on the left bottom is looking down to girl parts. Sorry, dudes. But they have a girl heart thing to show. And what the transverse abdominal walls do, it's like when a teacher says, zip up, you know? Or like you take some kind of discipline and they tell you to like lift up. What we're going to experience today before we leave, um, you have till 2, well, 55, right? Yeah. Before we leave, you're gonna do a visualization of how to find your bondus, and how to zip up energetically, versus zip up, like when someone says zip up, I don't know, you can do therapy on me, but when when I grew up, zip up was like that, right? You know, like shut your mouth, right? So I want you to think of zip up differently as like energetically, like lifting up from center, Um, And try not to use that word, but try and work from the inside out. Another thing that's really interesting is adductors. Right? They're not even on your tummy. What? Right? What does adduct mean? To draw to center, right? Because if I'm going to get abducted, like by aliens, I'm going to go this way. Right? But if I'm going to get adduction, it's internal. So it engages in any pose that requires balance. Now this is, once again, this is a tech on abs or quote-unquote core. But I'm going to be like the Tadasana person again and tell you it all comes from alignment. Because adductors is shorthand for a group of muscles that attach the thigh bone to the pelvis when these muscles contract they bring the thigh bone towards the midline of the body they include the adductors uh, bravis longus uh, magnus uh, minimus and the gracilis which goes to your knees this is why people always complain of knee problems because they're not engaging their adductors in their practice and the pectineus. they move to the midline and stabilize and activate your core so when I was saying that our, um, sometimes people call, and it says under the, when it says anatomy, some people call this the astral spiral, it's because we work with vortexes of energy. So let's make this a little bit more engaging. Grab your block. Does anybody not have a block? Okay. okay. So, I'll, I'll talk. oh, you do? Yeah. 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 You. Over. Uh, okay. Everybody, look at your blockies, and we're gonna do this when we do a sum citation. So you get to stand up and move your stuff kind of off your mat so you have some space. I'm all over your stuff. All right. When you hold it the long way, it's called skyscraper. When you hold it sideways, it's called colonial, like a little flat colonial house. Oh, you put a heart on it, cute. Can I squeeze it in between my legs? Okay, you're gonna take and bring your block so that you have a tail, and squeeze it colonial through your legs. And then you're gonna jump to the top of the mat. <laughs> that is really funny, <laughs> but it's like when you were a kid and learned the bunny thing in your ice skates. Um, what did you feel, though, when you were jumping forward? Very engaged. Very engaged. How do you feel your pelvic bowl is? Stable. Stable, right? Okay, so we have started to engage vortexes of energy. Um, T.S. Little, Jonathan Friend, Richard Freeman, uh, there's a, um, Rod Stryker, there was a group of individuals who used to teach a lot about vortexes of energy, and that kind of ties into the astral spiral and the energetic stuff, but that, if you want to know more, you can come talk to me later, but we have to focus on what we're doing today. So, when you squeeze, the thighs spiral, the adductors spiral inward then what it does is it starts to kind of wake up energetically the mula or the muladhara chakra, right? Then as we have this internal thing, our hips kind of open up because we're starting to get the diaphragmatic breath So we haven't really done a lot of physical activity today maybe, so don't force yourself but inhale and reach your arms straight forward and up. Exhale, hands pass through the heart center, squeeze your block, fold forward. Hands to your shins, inhale, lift your chest halfway. Exhale, palms to the earth, bend your knees, float back, plank. Oh, look at everybody's like... facing, exhaling, downward facing. Squeeze your block, readjust the tailbone and find the pelvic bowl really breathing. Broaden your shoulders, fingers are spread wide. Keep squeezing the block, bend your knees, look forward, float to the top of the mat. Exhale, kiss your fins. Squeeze the block, flat back, open heart. Inhale, reach forward and up so you don't comp your neighbor. Good. Exhale, arms down. Why was it hard to jump back? Because I can't Because <laughs> I can't And so um, when I'm using my adductors (laughs) Right, it harder We are a culture that's a thinking culture, right? So we're usually stuck right here Which means most people jump (laughs) back from their arms But this isn't an arm practice Yoga is not an arm practice It's making us find our center by using the block And it engages your adductors This is one of the simplest ways to do a core education experience for someone because when we jump back, we should be jumping back from the breath. We should be jumping back from our center. So if it was hard for you to get back, I would say that's your practice. You practice your sun citations on your own. If you want to be like a vinyasa teacher or power vinyasa or work like with people that want what most people see yoga as in our culture, Uh, We're starting to make more strides to get into more of the yoga nidra, the mindfulness practices, the Iyengar practices, the restorative, the yin yoga and stuff like that. But because people still want to push push, this is a great way to get them to get more body awareness and find that center of energy versus superficial. Okay? Awesome. So do you want to try one more? Yes. Okay, top of the mat, hello kitty. All right, inhale, reach high to the sky. Exhale, little bend in the knees, squeeze your block, fold halfway. Oh. got you. To stay right there. So one of my mentors used to have us stay right here. Lean your hips forward so your abs isn't shooting back. Nice day, breathe into it, good. Engage the your block, reach your hands forward, and your biceps should be hugging your ears. Nice. Breathing deeply. Rotate the pelvis and lengthen the mid back. Good. Really, really nice. Changes the idea of the practice, yeah? Good. Head hangs down, your eyes are soft, breathing deeply. Look to the top of the mat, bend your knees, float. Ooh. Exhale, kiss your shins. Inhale, little bend in the knees. Rotate your hips and with a flat, humble. Exhale, arms down by your sides. How was that? Sweating? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know that. It's Remember that today as we do this stuff, if you have any injuries, I don't know, right? So honor your skeleton and honor your practice. If you like, just feel like, oh, I'm not having one of those good days, the moon is affecting me, just honor it because I don't want to force anybody to do anything. But I do want to say on your sheet, for vinyasa, the word vinyasa is defined here for you. When broken down to Sanskrit roots, the term vinyasa means to place in a special way with breath. Okay? So to place in a special way, vinyasa, when you came to the top of the mat, most of your students jump forward and they sound like this. Like a herd of fucking elephants. Right? Our ultimate goal is to be a gazelle and just really start to engage the muscles that we're kind of learning about right now here in abs and core. To work from the diaphragmatic breath to find the freedom to flow and land so lightly that your feet are kissing the earth and you don't even hear it. And it is attainable. It just takes practice and breath. Okay. So this is your first tool, and then we'll come sit that back down again. Can I still borrow this? Thank you. Okay. What's interesting about um, that experience and the block alignment, because it's such a great way to move people to the midline and teach them how to stabilize and activate the core. Without saying you're doing core, we're just gonna find tadasana. Because as you know from taking your anatomy classes, sometimes people have a really big curve in their low back, and some people are holding their pelvic bowl in too tight. So what we want to do is find that stability front and back, and get the hips engaged so that the king and the queen can, or queen and the king can get it on. And we need to get the Shakti power to rise up, right, to meet and create more space, to get the little gnarly, the, the little um, nadis, the flowing rivers of energy to open. And then we have the quadratus lumborum, a deep stabilizing muscle that connects the upper and lower bodies and it runs more or less vertically from the lower ribs to the pelvic crest. the strong muscles that support your spine. Then we have the little muscles when a lot of times I say I don't remember the name of the muscle that's next to the QL, so I put it here. It's the multi-fitus, multi, I can't pronounce that, spinase? But yeah, I just play a doctor, so I'm gonna make that up. But this is the one I really want you to think about, the psoas. To me, Getting the psoas and your energetic fondus to start to really work is really what we're trying to figure out. It's the deepest of the core muscles. It's the most reactive muscle in the body. Energetically, it is all about protection. For many people, the psoas is habitually tight in one or both sides, so it's leading to an interesting range of body imbalances. So, it keeps someone stuck here because it doesn't function properly. So, then their issues, their challenges, maybe off the mat, could be a symptom of their internal or their muscle structural stuff not working, right? And then it manifests it out in the real world. So, our practice is a sensory integration tool to drop someone into awareness to literally wake them up, right, it just gives me chills because it's so cool that they think they're coming in here to get a workout, right, and it's so different, so as we start engaging our psoas and really work with it, we're helping people to get in tune with those first three chakras and to get in tune with their true nature. So if we go, the muscle originates at the outside of the lumbar vertebra and travels across the pelvis in front of the pubic bone and attaches to the inner thigh bone. A lot of people will say it's a hip flexor. So they call it like a hip flexor. So when we're walking, standing, and sitting, we use it. If you're in both pose, we're flexing it. And if we extend it, um, like, how many of you do supta virasana, hero's pose? Right? So a lot of people don't do that pose, but when we sit in virasana, like if we're meditating, this is the beginning of supta virasana. And then you roll back and lay on your spine, and it stretches it out. Right? If we are in boat pose, and a student is having a hard time... We have them put a block in between their legs, because we just learned we 're engaging the adductors, when we engage the adductors just like the um, the soAS muscle, it connects at that pubic bone, right so tool for some poses um, and then the other thing that we 're going to talk about is uh. Um, the pelvic floor muscles more in a bondus kind of a way through an exercise of breath work because this isn't a bondus class but I really think and you can see from the picture of the four pictures the bottom one on the left how the deep pelvic muscles the parent perineal perineal muscles or the pelvic sling is a complex of short muscles that crisscross the floor of the pelvis. What's interesting about that, and you can kind of see how the rectum and the girl parts and the urethra are right there, and then you've got all the muscles kind of surrounding it, so it's this beautiful, once again, spiral right? So supposedly and I don't want to offend anybody, but the girl gets their big O from the girl part, right, the, the vagina uh, region and the torus region. I'm like, sorry, I, I feel like I'm a sex ed teacher, and the dudes get it near the pooper, <laughs> a little bit inside of the pooper, and oh, sorry, the uh, behind, But that's why, think of the pelvic sling when you look at that, right? You've got that perineum muscle or the perennial muscle. And what we talk about a lot when we're trying to teach people how to get the king and the queen and the hips to work is called the diamond way. So you're trying to almost squeeze four points inward. And now you can see because you have to get that pelvic sling to activate and lift upward. Because that is the beginning of how to engage Mulabandha. It's the beginning of how to engage your Muladhara chakra. So we have to figure out, not only are we using these superficial muscles, we're using the energetic muscles that lift up and it comes from the breath. It's almost like you're pulling up and you have this trampoline that you're trying to lift up and that's called the pelvic sling, okay? There's different ways that you can feel that. Um, Let's do one little thing and take your block, and I'll just demo it so you can kind of see what's going on. You're gonna lay on your back and squeeze the block, okay? But watch what's happening, it's all happening down here. You're going to pretend as you lay down, Ball. So, you're only lifting up like an inch. On your inhale, you're just going to lower down. Okay? So, it doesn't look like you're lifting your hips, but you're going to lift your hips. Take one hand to your tummy, one hand to your heart. Spread out your toes and breathe deeply. Okay? As you squeeze your block, on your exhale, for your cotton ball. Inhale, lower down. So some of your Little pelvic tilt. Inhale, relax. Last one. Exhale. Inhale, relax. And bend your knees to your chest and slowly roll to the right and then come on up. So that's an interesting way for some people to kind of get... In touch with their little pelvic sling. Okay? Yeah? Why is, why is exhale up inhale Because uh, we're going to do a bandhas exercise to uh, talk about that. But your exhale, your belly goes to your spine and then you sip up. And you're contained. And then when you exhale, You keep your belly strong and you push out even more. Inhale, your belly goes to your spine and you lift up. Exhale, push everything out. So you're engaging. It's teaching you how to engage and to lift up from your magic spot. Inhale is an upward movement. Exhale is a downward movement. But now we're getting deeper into breath. So that was a good question. Okay.
2: How much of it is lifting straight up versus, like, tilting? Oh, you're saying, like, tilt your
0: pelvis? Yes. Okay, great. So stand up. I mean, everybody. That's a great question. Okay. So now you're not going to use the block. It's the same stuff I teach you all in the Tadasana Tech, but it teaches you to feel that uplift, okay? So some people can't feel any of these things that we're doing. I'm sorry, I'm yelling in both your ears. Uh, some people can't even feel any of the stuff that we're doing and that's why there has to be a different avenue. Each one of you in here is having a different experience. You can be like, oh, that's us. You can be like, oh, it's full shit. When's this going to be over, right? So we all are in a different plane and a different space. And what we need to figure out is what's going to resonate with the students. So you have to have all these different ways to teach, right? So the then what we have to do is find a necromancy. So this is a ball bearing exercise. You're gonna take your feet, frontal hip one distance apart or a little bit wider, place your hands to your hips. Your pelvic bowl is what we're trying to fill up, right? We don't want to dump the water out and we don't want to hold the water in. But we want to feel that it has freedom, okay? Ooh, is a great way to teach someone about their core, if they don't know anything about their core, okay? So this is kind of the same idea. So your feet are comfortable, they're kind of maybe even pointing out a little bit so you're relaxed. And as your hands are to your hips, close your eyes, and imagine that there's a little ball bearing at the base of your bowl. so your iliac crests, and then your feet Your eyes are closed so no one can see you. Start moving your hips so slightly that you can feel the ball bearing move, but it's almost imperceptible to the naked eye. And try and move the ball bearing. And then slowly relax. Some people would say, like, I can't feel anything because they're really disconnected. Other people are like, mm, this is, like, kind of gross, but it's like the big O. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe I just felt that, right? Okay? So it just depends on what your stuff is. Okay? Everybody's good? Okay. Did I answer question? to engage more internally. be the right way for that particular person, or the way that you cue as a teacher, yeah? Okay. Let's talk a little bit more about some core stuff. And we're going to keep standing and we're going to do um, not only Kriya practices are great ways to feel your core, right? What does Kriya mean? Cleansing. Cleansing. Great. Okay? This is weird. Most people are like no way, I'm not going to do this stuff. Sorry this is... Um, so, your exhale, you let all the air out. What really happens is usually, um, like, kriyas are, like, you know, sticking cotton in, you know, like, uh, cheesecloth into your body and, like, then eating it all, not eating it, but it goes all the way down and then you do, like, cleansing. pots uh, are a kriya, right? So, there's all kinds of different cleansing practices. There's, like, seven of them. This one is a variation and I want you to feel, because this might actually make you feel the breath and the internal energetics of what it is to have, quote unquote, core strength. We place our hands to our legs, I'll just talk it through first because it's going to seem really weird and you're going to see off the wall.
3: You're going to exhale
0: everything out. You're going to keep and exhale everything out. And then what you're going to do is you're going to hold your breath. You're gonna hold your breath because you've tucked your belly in and up. So your your belly's hanging, and then you're gonna go in and up, and then all you do is hold until so you can't hold it anymore. And then you're gonna have your belly in and up in here, and you're gonna go, I need you're going to breathe, and you're gonna go, and you're gonna inhale through your nose before you let all the air out, and then you're gonna exhale. An osteopaths take and they grab onto your, underneath your sternum, and they take and they open your diaphragm because they pull it up and out and they help you to breathe. At five years of age, we stop breathing with our diaphragm. Yoga is trying to condition and take you back to breathe your diaphragm so that you are able to take a conscious, active breath. Are you ready to try this weird breath? Is that
1: what a three-part breathing? You
3: about, like,
0: and yes, and that's three-part breathing is the next example of finding your core, so great. Yes, good, good thought. Awesome. Ready? You all are thinking like yoga teachers. Okay, your feet are a little bit wider, hands onto the legs. Okay, this is just going to feel weird, so this is your weird afternoon you just keep going with these experiences. Exhale all the air out and now um, pull your belly in and up. You still have no air in there. Breathe from your belly, right, because you're pulling in and up and then inhale through the nose and open your arms. Mm -hmm. Exhale. So you hold your breath for a long time and then you inhale a little bit more and you're literally some people feel a pop or a crack in their sternum, not crack like break but like a kind of different thing and then when you get up here it's almost like a snore because you're like oh my god I need so much air <coughs> and then you
1: exhale.
0: Uh, okay. It's my belly. So you didn't inhale when you were set up? Nope. Exhale everything out. I'm not going to breathe until you hear it come through my nose. Okay? I want you to show, and then, but it, you literally like just tuck your belly in, you exhale everything out, tuck your belly in and up, don't breathe, but that tuck the belly in and up is a huge part of it, to, because I've made my diaphragm move. But the question is that even when we exhale we suppose the belly should in.
1: Intentionally? Yeah. I
0: think yeah. That. So you intentionally, guess what, we breathe and then we exhale Supposedly down. Yeah. You intentionally just exhale and have the belly back. And then when you're full of and then you have the real belly and holding there. Yeah. When you exhale, your belly's not supposed to be like the Buddha or like Ganesh eating lasso. Okay. So you are doing that intentionally? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you
2: Yes. You yes.
0: So
2: okay.
0: Yep, in and up. Yes. I want you to feel that like <laughs> it's it's a it's a weird sensation. It takes time. So every morning when you all go to the bathroom, and this is supposed to help you go to the bathroom. But every morning you get in the shower, you clean your back, you drink your hot water before you take your shower, and then just do this in the shower. Make your belly move in the shower.
3: Okay.
0: Well, Naoli Kriya is back and forth, side to side, around in circles. It's a big process. I'm doing a trick to teach you how to find that internal muscles. Yeah, this is a trick. This is a Naoli Kriya. Yeah? Okay. Ready? Okay. Take a good breath. Just look at your friend and say, hey, this is fun. <coughs> okay. <laughs> Exhale all the air out. Inhale. Oh no, I lied. Sorry. Okay, take a break. I keep wanting to tell you to inhale but I don't. Okay, (coughs) I'm going to say exhale everything out and then suck your belly in and up. Okay, great. Sorry. Okay, take hi everybody. Bye. Take a deep breath. Okay, exhale everything out. Inhale your belly in and up, holding your breath, just kind of breathe with your thoughts. You're not taking any air in. You're just holding your breath. Holding your breath. Holding your breath. And then go for it. Sip in through the nose. Inhale. You got it. Breathe in, breathe in, breathe in, breathe in. And then exhale like a summer leap. Felt something? Mm-hmm. What? You're dizzy? It is fun. It's dizzy. Fun? Oh, I'm glad you think this is funny. <laughs> but it like kind of, it, you can feel something. So ultimately, when you really start to do deep diaphragmatic breath properly, you don't have to do any quote-unquote core or ab work because it's coming from the breath. That's the magic. Now the next things that we're going to do are just stupid human tricks. Okay? It's not going to be as fun. Because when you really breathe, Who got warm, right? Imagine doing that intense of diaphragmatic breathing all the time you practice your asanas, right? The heated room, and I love heat, is a placebo to get people to start to get out of their heads so that they can breathe properly. Ultimately, when you breathe properly and use the internal energetic muscles, to do your practice and that magic core, then you don't need a hot room. Okay? So, yeah. Sorry. No. When you said inhale your belly up, you meant suck it in, but don't take any air in. Correct, you're 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 going in. That's the pulling in, but not the taking in of air. Right, so you can see almost my diaphragm is moving. It's like, I'm exhaling, but I'm not doing anything, but then I'm gonna go in and up. But you didn't
1: take any air,
0: right? And then if you hold your breath as long as you can, and then it's when you start inhaling, because you're still lifting it, right? And you reach up, and you're kind of like, oh my God, oh my God, and your body's like freaking out. And then when you exhale, all of a sudden you feel your diaphragm just did something. Your body comes into balance when you start using the diaphragm again. So the next thing on your sheet to try then starts talking about dolphin plank or dolphin push-ups or side planks. What I want to do before then is to have you do a PT, a physical therapy thing, to find your belt, okay? So what we're going to do is two, 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 two. Two, 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 and two. One person get down, and you're going to lay like this, with your knees at 90 degrees, and your hands to your thighs, and your shoulders on the ground, and your neck long. Go. drawing in and up, but what I was trying to show you is that's a great way to teach someone how to find the inner muscles and engage them versus doing crunches. Yes. So we still need to be able to breathe them out in the posture, right? Yes. yes. So just I like in yoga. Posture, right? Yeah, just like in yoga. We need to be breathing in the poses. Yeah. So how help
1: you train people, um, No, everybody
0: lay down. Put the block in between your legs. Make your legs 90 degree angles. Your shins are in line with the ceiling. Your back is long towards the ground. Placing your hands on your thighs so that your hands are between your knees and your hip flexors. Flex your feet. Squeeze the block. Shoulders are broad. Neck is long. On your next exhale, push your hands into your legs. Your legs into your hands. Good. Good. Inhaling and exhaling, feeling this dynamic opposition, broaden the shoulders. If you would like to and it's not going to hurt your neck and shoulders, lift your head and shoulders up ever so slightly. Good. Push hands into legs, legs into hands. Keep breathing. You got it. You're awesome. You got it. Belly towards spine. Good. Broaden the breath. Lift up a little bit higher and release. Does that answer your question?
1: Higher.
0: In a perfect world, right? Yeah. That's the hard thing, is is like, it's not a crunch, but you're finding those internal muscle groups, those internal energetic spaces. What was the question?
2: Do you mind your lower back on the ground, if that makes
0: said? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which is, if you bring your shoulders up, right. that allows yep. you to... Yep, yep, right? yep. the purpose of that? In a perfect world, but most people don't have that body so, mm-hmm. yeah, but that's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Are you having fun? Yes. Are we shaking? Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. It's going to get more exciting. Um, now, what well, we're going to do is come on to the mat and bring your elbows underneath your shoulders and your knees down to the ground. Down to the ground. Now straighten your legs. Dolphin plank. Oh, nope, but you're not, your butt's not in the air. Yep, plank. Dolphin plank. Good. Awesome. This is a great way. your feet together. Fantastic. Take and bend your right knee so that your knee is kissing the left knee and your right foot comes up in the air. Good. Breathe and then flip to the side arch of the left foot and you can either plant the right foot straight or in front of you or behind you. It's up to you. Good. You feel that? Okay. High plank. And come down onto your knees. Awesome. Okay. your other side. I'm sorry, we're not going to do it. We're going to continue. You okay? Right? And you can teach a student to come into their um, side. Okay? Let's do, before we go into some other... um, Interesting things, let's go into uh, the idea of um, boat pose. Bring your buns to the ground. Feet out in front of you, squeeze the block in between your legs. Take your hands back behind you and lift your chest up, shoulders back. So you can tent up the fingertips or plant them, whatever feels good. So this would be boat A. Boat B, feet up off the ground. Knees bent, squeezing the block. Boat C, palms face the calves. Shoulders back, hands up off the ground. And then D would be straight legs. Who's making a funny face? Right? So let the funny face become a smile and allow the breath to hold you up. And then bend your knees and release. Yeah. What?
2: Yeah?
0: You're cheating. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh-huh. Unless you're going to do the hammock and you're going to cross at the ankles and have a drink of water.
1: Come back up. Okay, so that's
0: Yeah. One thing that's interesting about both pose is that. Boat is, um, remember, yoga is all about alignment and equanimity. So once you cross one leg up over the other, just like eagle pose, you have to do the opposite. So it's totally fine. I was making fun of you. You can go like that, but I don't, unless, if it's a sit-up kind of game. But you have to do the other side too. I feel
1: better. I can shoot (laughs) twice. Yes. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. It's an exercise. Yeah, that was a good question. I don't know. I don't know if it's working anything. Maybe it's uh, stimulating your brain hemispheres so that you don't get old timers. So right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What?
0: Okay, um, I don't have that much more time, so I really want to make sure you get some more things. There's lolasana, which means earring, and tolasana, which means scales pose. So a lot of times, if you're working the breath, this is an abdominal thing where you're lifting up off the ground. Okay? That's a little bit harder. Lola is an earring, so let's try Lola. Sit on your ear- heels. Your hands are by your sides. Push into the tops of the feet and try and lift your feet up and your knees up towards your chest. Nice, Jess. So your knees are to your chest and your heels are to your buns and everything comes up off the ground. That's Lola, a dangling earring, in Lolasana. It's very hard to do, right? Can't do it. Ah. But how many of you have been in class with me when we do uh three legged like dog? Yeah, knee to nose. Mm-hmm. Same thing. It's one it's low love with one leg. You're trying to find containment. Because ultimately everybody going Those of you who are working on inversion practices, you put a one of those balls that what are they called? Those exercise balls Yeah, the boss balls, and you start off in like um plank and roll up to Uttanasana, but you're on a ball. It's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say for that one
1: too, I've seen people use on plates on surface.
0: Ideas with each other. That's really interesting. I've never seen that one. There's a pose in here called Revolved Abdominal Leg Pushes, Jartha uh, Parvrita Tanasana. Let's try it. Okay, this is gonna be a little bit harder. Um, Other side and back up. So you're going to want to leave a block and one person lay down and go like this. So, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> Do you mind staying here for three to four more minutes? No. no. Okay. Are you enjoying what you're learning about your inner strength? Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you enjoying finding your pelvic sling? Yes. Yes. Do you believe in mindful strength versus core? Yes. Okay. Cool. Now I'm going to... Reiterate on the sheets that follow, remember this is based on Tadasana. It's all about Shtirasukha, so make sure you take care of yourself. And it gives you benefits and physical benefits and um, making sure that you use your teacher's voice. What I would like to do is um, allow you and your incredible bodies to lay down on the ground. When we work on our center, when we work on our core, we are allowing ourselves to find this mindful strength and drop into awareness. And we're allowing ourselves to literally, just by finding your center, quicken the blood and get oxygen moving through the body. So we're making ourselves more content, more calm, more balanced in our lives. As you come into this space, I'm gonna teach you just a really interesting thing that I learned about Bandhas when I was practicing Ashtanga. When we breathe with our Bandhas, we are using that internal muscular groups that we've been talking about all day. We're multi-dimensionally using our internal muscles to engage the energy and to create balance. It allows us to get the subtle energy to flow. And this is something that high-performance athletes are able to do all the time. But it helps people to remain calm and stable and breathe. Okay, From an anatomical viewpoint, our bandhas support each other. They're the dance of the opposites, like ha and ta, the sun and the moon, female and male, Shiva and Shakti. Shtira and sukha. So as we feel these opposing forces, we allow ourselves to literally dance with the breath. It's giving us the opportunity to flow like a battery. So we're going to engage and work with our breath, finding mula bandha and uddhyana bandha. Mula bandha meaning your root lock, and uddhyana bandha is your upward flying lock. As you lie completely relaxed on the floor, on your back, shut your eyes, and just keep breathing calmly like you have been in and out through your nose. Lay one hand on your navel. Feel how your abdomen rises with each inhale and falls with the exhale. What you're actually feeling is the action of your diaphragm, which contracts under the rib cage during inhalation thereby pushing the abdominal organs forward. With the next exhalation, activate Mula Bandha at the base and then Uddiyana Bandha with the following inhale. So the stomach can no longer rise up, but the diaphragm is contracting like before. The diaphragm presses against the abdominal organs that are being supported in front by Uddiyana Bandha and from below by Mula Bandha. As a result of this support of the abdominal organs during inhalation, the diaphragm lifts the rib cage. These two bandhas are inseparably connected. So once again, with the next exhalation, feel the belly button press the spine. On the inhale, where you're engaging Uddiyana Bandha, feel a little string pulling the breath up through the spine as the belly stays taut belly button towards spine. Exhale, push all the air out as if you can engage the mula engaging that pelvic sling. And then inhale, belly button presses the spine. Breathe up through the hara line as you pull up the diaphragm. And on your exhale. Let all the air out, feeling the flow. Allow the breath to work, just like when we were doing that little standing breathing exercise. Feel the belly and the mindful strength that you're creating. The diaphragm contracts under the ribcage during inhalation, thereby pushing the abdominal organs forward. With your exhale, activate the mula bandha. Let everything out. And then feel the inhale contracting the diaphragm under the ribcage, pushing the abdominal organs forward. Exhale, activate your mula bandha. And slowly and calmly begin to feel yourself in attention, calm, as you gently take and reach your arms back behind you. Slowly and softly bend one knee and then the other towards your chest. and roll towards the right side, curling up into a fetal position. As you breathe right here, really notice how we were engaging our intrinsic muscles. That breath work is very similar to the three-part breath because you're engaging your solar plexus, the sunshine of your heart, the sunshine and the center of our universe, our amazing body. Feel yourself press up into a comfortable, neutral position. And feel yourself coming into attention and alignment. Notice how we just kind of touched the top of the iceberg in talking about all this stuff to cultivate alignment and ease and mindful strength. But as you inhale and exhale, I hope that What we learned today offered you a different way to perceive what strengthening your core actually means and what it is to kind of take your practice of internal strength into your daily life. It was an honor and privilege to spend this time with all of you on the mat. I hope you find some good resiliency off the mat today. You're going to be great teachers, and I'm really honored to be able to do this stuff with all of you. Have a nice um, afternoon. Namaste. Namaste.